0: Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording from our 2023 Elul Learning Series, Entering 5784, Sustaining Our Learning in Elul, with Rabbi Carrie Chaplin. We're going to do a
1: little bit of something that is yoga. I know not everybody here might be a yoga practitioner. That's totally fine. Um, this is the sort of stuff that is um, human body movement. Um, and for me, that's yoga, but it we could call it by many names. Um, and we're going to start in a kind of intellectual space. And if you're willing, if you're open, we'll kind of work our way down into the rest of our bodies. Um so I wanted to ask if anyone, just so I kind of know in advance, if anyone has any injuries they want to tell me about, again, we're not going to do like a whole lot of like, you know, big body movement, but there will be some. So I,
2: I just want to check in. Yeah, Taibo. Oh, and wow, you pronounced my name correctly. I'm so excited. Um, I'm not well enough to have my video on. I can't do yoga at all, but I'll do it in my mind with my imagination. I'm just I saying because I have um, massive injuries on my dominant side now, mm-hmm. old enough. I, I will, I'll just stop. I just know there. I can't even do adapted yoga, but I was interested enough. So I'm just saying, anyway, thank you for asking.
1: Okay. I think there will be something for here for you too. And I, I hope that will be the case. Um, and I, I appreciate your moving into an imaginative space. I think, if you're open to it, there'll be some room for embodied practice for you also, not necessarily in movement, exactly, but in breath. So I think we'll um, there'll be some opportunity there for you too. Um, Marlise. Uh,
0: yes, hello. I um, have a limited, um, due to fracture in my arm, I have limited range of motion. I, I get okay. just a little
3: bit, not quite as far as, so I don't know if that. Thanks for letting uh, we'll me come know. Call up for anything. Any other movements. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, all the movements that we're gonna do—if um, it hurts, don't do it. <laughs> um, and that goes for Marlies, That goes for anybody. Then, non- yoga itself, and also, and we can't control all the ways we might need to move in our lives, but uh, especially if we're moving intentionally yoga is not meant to hurt. If it hurts, it's, it's not the right thing for you today. Um, so I'm going to ask you in the spirit of self-study, um, to not do anything that hurts. And if you want, I can give you something else to do that, that we can, um, figure out together. Um, yeah, thank you. Okay, cool. Um, okay. So this idea, Let's dive in. Um, This idea of tshuva with our bodies, I want to start with, again, we're going to start in a more intellectual space, because as Jews, that tends to be where we start. And so let's start in that comfortable place, or more comfortable place. Tshuva and bodies. I want to like, right? So tshuva is this thing that we are meant to do every day, as it says in Pirkei Avot, we should do it the day before we die, tshuva. Um, But it's also something we focus on at this time of year, um, which is a turning, a returning, and the way, and we could say a turning, returning to God. Not all of us have a relationship with God or think God is a thing even, right? So it's a turning and returning to what matters. And I think of that in terms of connection with self, connection with others, and connection with something bigger, however that works in your life. And you know, Jan, I know, I I know somewhat, but most of you, I don't know. So I don't know what that means for you. So, you know, you can kind of fill in the blank. So that's the chuva we're talking about at this time of year is intentionally saying, what do I need to turn return to with myself, with others and with something bigger. And sometimes that means a repair of relationship. Sometimes that means a with another person. Sometimes that means um, looking at parts of myself that like maybe I haven't spent time with, uh, my shame, my um uh worries, right, my fears, the way I get angry, right? those sorts of things,, um, stuff about myself I might have been ignoring. And sometimes that means turning, returning towards how I see how I fit in the world. So that's something bigger. <laughs> that god idea universe energy flow however you might understand it and let this person in um so that's chuvah does anyone have like other definitions or ideas about chuvah that you want to like drop into our understanding okay um we're a small group so like totally feel free to be like hey wait i have a question about that or like you know, unmute yourself. And if it gets like too much and we're not moving on, I'll let you know, but you're
3: welcome to unmute yourself.
1: Um, and then our bodies, these vessels of muscle and sinew and bone and organs and like gray matter and, you know, parts of us, we understand and parts of us, we don't. And, it's a pretty incredible thing. It said that Shuva was created. There's a Midrash, a rabbinic story that says Chuva was created before the world, the universe was created. Like at the, just at the very, just before moment. Um, it's, which means it's kind of baked into everything, which means it's also baked into our bodies and our bodies can be um, a way into understanding uh, a way into chuva. they can bring my body can bring my attention to what i need to pay attention to so that's one thing that chuva with our bodies means and another thing that chuva with our bodies means i'm not going to talk at you the whole time i promise the other thing that chuva with our bodies means is um that we've done things to hurt and abuse and neglect our bodies And there is a repair of relationship that can happen there too. So when I say chuva in our bodies, I mean two things. I mean, that is a way in to understand. My voice is so fitting for this purpose. Oh, okay. That's a very sweet thing to say. (laughs) You might not feel that way after 20 minutes, but like for now, thank you. Um, uh, I mean two things when we say chuva with our bodies. I mean uh that our bodies can sh- point to parts of ourselves or even relationships that need attention. Oh, this hurts. So let me put some attention there. And sometimes we carry emotions in certain parts of my, of our bodies, right? Oh, my shoulders are so tense, right? Maybe I'm stressed, right? And it can bring my attention to something that I need to call attention to in my life. Um, and we've done these, um, we've done things that we know harm our bodies and our bodies are this kind of precious gift. Um, even with their limitations, which can be hard to accept, they are this precious gift that, um, bring us into the present moment all the time. Cause my body's always in the present. And so, uh, It can, there's sometimes repair work to do with our own bodies. Oh, I I have neglected this part of me for so long. My knee has been bothering me. I wonder if there's something I can do to take care of my knee. And it's a way of learning kind of care and love for oneself, which is an incredible way that our our bodies can be our teachers. So that's me talking at you. (laughs) Thank you for that indulgence. Any kind of thoughts, questions about what I've said so far? And again, like a small group. So feel free to unmute yourself.
2: Yeah, Tybal. Um, if it's okay, everyone else may know you. So then skip it. But I would be interested to hear how you came to be both uh, a rabbi and a yoga teacher. Like which came first <laughs> and how they infuse what you do Um, I'll give you
1: a. I'll give you a short answer, which is uh, they've happened at the same time. Um, I haven't always had a chance to practice both at the same time um, because it's kind of a niche group of people that's interested in that intersection, right? Because Jews, we tend to be more interested in the intellectual kind of let me sit down with a text and kind of play with it in my mind and right? Um and then. Um, even though we are like a very, it's a very physical religion, right? Uh, if we're if we're living it, and we kind of have this way of living in the intellectual. Um, but like my body and living in my body has always been important to me. So I also I've been practicing yoga for I don't know twenty ish years at this point, um, and then became a teacher at the same time I was a rabbinical student. So it, it kind of emerged at the same time um and i'm kind of weaving the two together more intentionally now yeah that's the short answer but i'd be happy to talk about it more another time um any other kind of questions about what i've said so far about chuva with our bodies
3: yeah brought up for me i mean i've been I've been swimming laps every day for the last two months, two and a half months out of not swimming at all, and doing yoga once or twice a week, and just in the last couple days, my right ankle and my right hip have been hurting, and my ankle flares up on and off, but what you're talking about, for sure... You know, a few nights ago, I, I drew, I have to ice this. I have to wrap it. What does it mean? And I, I have, I haven't come to any big links between the angle and anything spiritual or mental, but I, ha- I, um, reconnected with an old friend recently too. I now an old boyfriend actually who's lose, lost most of the vision in one of his eyes and he's losing some vision in the other eye and nobody can figure out why. And I did find myself thinking about, ah, oh, why that for that person, you know, losing their vision and um, kind of thinking about the connections. And and sometimes there
1: is a connection. I think sometimes there's also not. It's just my, my ankle hurts, right? And so okay. the teacher the teacher is less like, okay, what's... I'm going like to go down a tangent for a second, but then we're going to come back. Um, I think sometimes in our I'll say like Western approach to mental health, we can pathologize very quickly, right? So something's wrong with my ankle. So what's wrong with my mental state? Like, so there must be something else wrong. And like, there's a connection there. So sometimes there's an off thing happening with my ankle. Yes, it's because I don't know where to put my next step forward. My future is uncertain, right? Like, we can kind of do that, right? So sometimes I think that's the case. And sometimes it's just this is what's happening. And so then my body actually, whether, and sometimes the connection is clear and sometimes we can't see it. And sometimes there's no connection. There's, a way where my limitations become my teacher, right? So I don't want to speak for Taibo and Taibo, I don't know your story. We are like just meeting, but in my experience anyway, like my, my guess is your imagination is more vivid now, perhaps, perhaps I don't know, then it might have been in the past because you're more physically limited now. Right. So I don't know that every, that people who are are able-bodied would necessarily say like, oh, I'll just do it in my imagination. No, they'd say, oh, I don't do yoga, so I'm not going to go. Right? It's a different approach where the body, the limitations of the body become the teacher. So, Taibu, I'm sorry that I, I don't mean to, like, put words to your experience. So, I, I apologize if that's not, if that's not accurate.
3: What I was saying is that I I don't, I do think it's just my ankle, but the ankle, is leaving me to stop and take, you know, like don't walk the dog that much today because your ankle's hurting, you know, so right. it's eating me in that way.
1: Right. Incredible teachers. Maybe just rest, right? What if my body's teaching me rest or what if my body's teaching me imagination or it's teaching me how to love myself because I've always just pushed myself too hard, right? It kind of draws us into the present and, and what's needed now. Um,
4: Bobby. Uh, hi, hi. Uh, first I have to apologize. I forgot to set my alarm, so I came in a few minutes late. Okay. And uh, full disclosure, I was a Kaiser family physician for my entire career, so I come from a very Western approach to health and medicine. But uh, because I came in late, I'm not clear where the concept of tissue valve, the body, came from or, or comes from in the context of sure. what we're discussing. So could you um, clarify that? For, at least for me, who came in late,
1: I'm going to say two things, and then um, I'm gonna we're gonna go to a text that will I think clarify things for you and everybody else too. Um, so, Chuvah with our bodies. What I mean by that is two things. It's always good to hear it again. So if you're like, "Oh, she's saying it again," yes, I am, because it's good for all of us. One, um, our uh, our bodies can often shine a light on parts of our. Physical bodies, yes, and parts of our sometimes souls, sometimes emotional well-being, sometimes that need attention. So our bodies can kind of help us do chuva in that way. And the other thing is sometimes we've done things that hurt and harm our bodies. And so as part of the overall approach of chuva as repair, then we can kind of come into repair, some repair work with our bodies with some consciousness. Um So I'll say those two things, um, and I'm going to jump it. Bobby, was that sufficient for the moment? Because I don't want to go too far back to what I said earlier.
4: Uh, Hopefully it'll become more clear with some of the examples we go through in the rest of the class.
1: Okay, great. So we're going to go to a text I want to share with you. And I promise, like I said, we're going to start in this intellectual space and then we're going to drop down. Um, so this is a text from Rabbi Nachman. So um, it is an early Hasidic text um, about Shuvah. Um, Would somebody who's looking at their screen, would you read it so it's not just so much my voice? So I'll do it. If
0: Thank you. you. Want- you want to return to God, you must make yourself into a new creation. You can do this with a sigh. We never stop breathing, releasing the stale air and drawing in fresh air. Our very lives depend on this. So pause
1: for a second because it's, he's going he's gonna to complicate it some more. But even now, every breath? Can be a chuva and with a sigh. <sighs> that is the beginning of chuva. That's how you return to God, right? When he's saying return to God, he means chuva. It starts actually, according to him, it actually starts in a physical place. It starts with the body. Isn't that so interesting? It's not me doing mental gymnastics with a therapist to figure out, okay, what's going on with me, right? Which I'm not saying that's bad. I've been in therapy a long time. I love my therapist. She's very helpful. Um, And my body is telling me, this is the beginning of Chuvah. Let's go
0: here. It's just, it's awesome. Okay. Keep going. The physical air we breathe has its root above. The sigh begins when you draw in extra air. This is similar to what happens just before a person dies. They draw in extra air, and then the spirit leaves them. Every exhalation is the death of the moment that is past in preparation for the birth of the new moment.
1: Okay, so That's- pause again. Thanks. Thank- sorry. I appreciate your working with my stopping and starting. So he likens this to a little death that happens with every breath. And is that not what we're doing as we kind of go into this season? We're letting part of us go. We're actually letting a part of us die in order to become whatever we are becoming. That's what's happening with Tshuva. It's a little death of something. And it happens, and we know that. He's saying we know this teaching because our bodies are telling us that. Yeah,
2: Um, I just wondered whether um, the Rebbe compared then this, the little death, to sleep, either the breathing or the
3: shuva part. You know, I don't know that he did
1: explicitly, but that could be a really interesting way to teach this and to kind of study it because there, as you might, your question might come from this place. I don't know. There, there are teachings, right, that we, our souls go and wander while we're sleeping and then return to us in the morning. Um, and so we say thank you to the divine for returning our souls to us in the morning so that's another. We could also say another little death. So that that um that could be a really interesting way to look at this too. I, I don't know if him saying that explicitly, but but it could be an interesting way to look at this too. Um. Okay. Would you keep going, please?
0: That's Bonnie? when you, yeah. That's when you take a deep sigh, you release yourself from the old and impure, and open yourself to the pure air in order to receive new vitality. This is Chuva, returning from impurity to pure, from old to new, in order to gain new life. The very body is renewed because sighing breaks a person's whole body and therefore the body is remade.
1: How is this landing for you? Like, what is this guy talking about? Does this feel like something that actually happens inside you when you sigh?
0: Well, I know that sighing makes me feel and think differently, especially the big sighs. I'm still dealing with a loss, and I do a lot of sighing at various times. And it seems both comforting and renewing, but also just makes me reflective on, on what's been happening.
1: That's insightful. That seems in alignment with kind of what he's saying.
4: Yeah, Bobby. Well, it's it's certainly not physiological. I mean, we have, um, You know, when we breathe in and out, we're only breathing in a fraction of the lungs' capacity. There's a large percentage of oxygen and air in the lungs that aren't moving in and out when we're breathing in and out, even if we take a deep sigh. So it's based on a very, very antiquated understanding of of how the human body works, certainly. Because this is implying that When we sigh, we breathe out all the the bad and completely uh, refill the lungs with new. And that's certainly not what happens.
1: Do you think he's saying that all the air goes out? I mean, I'm not trying to align. That's how
4: how I'm, you know, first of all, it's a translation. And I don't know the context of where this came from. But that's what it seems to apply to me. That's what I infer from his uh, description. Do you you infer something different?
1: I mean, I honestly had not thought about it much um, because I I guess I don't see where he says it's a little bit or it's a lot of it or, you know. uh, But I think and I understand what you're saying physiologically. Right. We might write this whole paragraph quite differently. And what if it is just a little that's also Chuva, isn't it? There's um Rambam has a teaching
4: about um well, well how's it different from every from every breath we take?
1: Well, you know what a sigh feels like in your body.
4: Feels different than my, another. I guess breath. I'm not a sire.
1: <laughs> You're not a sire?
4: Okay. Not much. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> That's fair. So in that case, maybe you can um, join Tybal and use your imagination a little bit. (laughs) Okay. Right? So when someone sighs, the breath is different than the the average breath. Jana, did you have something?
3: Um, Well, what you just said changed it. Um, I was thinking, yeah, breathing and sighing I mean So in terms of the physiological he, he does say the side begins when you draw in extra air. So physiolog he's not saying that you're drawing in all the air that you could possibly breathe in. But then he's speaking in a spiritual way, not okay. a not a literal physiological way when he says you Taking it in, you're releasing, you know, breathing it out, you're, you're going from old to new. That's a, to me, a spiritual me- metaphor. Um, he's, he, it's hard to, to gain new life. I mean, does he mean that literally or, or figured or spiritually? Um, I think it's, more spiritual. Or- yeah, I the body is renewed.
1: I think I think what he's doing is is drawing on the body's wisdom to give us a way into a spiritual life. Um, I don't I don't know he's speaking from a physiological perspective, except to say we all experience breathing, and every one of us except Bobby. I'm teasing you, Bobby. I hope that's okay. Um, you know, experience is sighing sometimes, too. And as Bonnie said, I think especially in grief and especially in letting go, um, and in all the ways that sort of letting go and grieving show up. Um, I want to use this text to kind of help us move if we're willing again, from the place of understanding with our minds to a place of understanding with our bodies. So if you're willing, I'm going to stop sharing my screen. And if you'd like the text later, I'm happy to give it to you. Um, I want to invite you to, if you're willing, kind of close your eyes for a moment and, and be in a comfortable seat. If you're not, sitting comfortably get a pillow get up and get something i'll give you like a minute to do that if you need you know something behind your back or um for your you you know you want to be sitting on the floor instead of your chair whatever i'll give you a minute to be comfortable too often we run to sit down or to do something and we don't take the time to actually let ourselves be comfortable first And if you're laying down, that's okay, too. And when you're ready, if you feel safe enough to do so where you are, go ahead and close your eyes from top to bottom. Notice your breath without changing it, though by noticing it, it will probably change. That's okay. And you can feel the touch of your inhale and the touch of your exhale In the space in between, and here you are in this body. Nothing to do, nothing to fix, just here, breathing. Your feet and your knees, your hips, heavy on um, wherever you're sitting or laying, your shoulders, your neck and your head, and the crown of your head. All of these parts of you that are your body. And if you like, you can stay here with the nearness of your body. Or you can notice is there The place in your body where breathing is not easy. The place of tightness. Place of holding on. Here as you're breathing, (laughs) inhale And exhale. Maybe there's a part of you calling for attention right now. And you can be with that part of you. A knee or a hip. Or shoulder close to your own body, to your vessel. You can feel your feet and your knees and your hips and your shoulders and your neck and your head and the crown of your head. When you're ready, you can... Open your eyes to shape and light and shadow and form as if for the very first time. Without answering out loud, notice was a part of my body saying, ow, from how I was sitting or laying. Was a part of my body saying, this feels good to just rest. Was my mind saying, oh, I have all these things to do. Want to invite us to stay with our bodies and um, to stand up to the best of our ability, obviously you're not going to stand up. Um, We're going to come into Tadasana. I'm going to move myself also, so I can kind of do some of this with you and you can see. So, invite you to come to standing. We're going to stand with a particular intention. And I'm going to invite you to stand... So I can see you from the side. There's a reason. I'm going to face you because then I can see you. So stand with your feet about outer hips distance width apart. The outsides of your feet parallel to one another. And one at a time, lift your toes of your right foot. Stretch them forward and place them back down on the floor. Then move your weight to your right foot. Lift the toes of your left foot. Stretch them back out. Place your toes back down on the floor. Then one at a time, come onto balls of your feet and stretch your heels backward. Place your feet back down on the floor. K. S. Iyengar would call this ironing our feet. Helping us be stable and connected with the ground. can press down through your heels, lift your kneecaps. Allow your top buttocks to move to your bottom buttocks. Bring your shoulders over your hips and your ears over your shoulders. Extend your fingers down towards the floor at your side. Straightening your arms. Lifting your sternum, your chest bone up towards the ceiling. Now I want you to straighten your arms out in front of you with your palms facing one another. You can draw your elbows towards one another to straighten your arms. And then slowly lift your arms to Urdhva Hastasana above your head. Now, who was it? Is it you, Marlise? I think? Don't go to a place where it hurts. And you can take your arms wide as wide as you need to, or they can be the distance of your shoulders. Whatever you need to do to keep your arms straight. Allow your shoulder blades to come down your back. And when you're ready, go ahead and take your arms back down. I want to show you something that I saw. So watch for a moment, please. I'm going to tilt my camera down. I'm working in kind of a weird space because we're not just straight up doing yoga. We're doing kind of this combo thing. So you're only going to see part of my body, but that's okay. I know I'm like a disembodied head right now. So what I saw a lot of folks doing is your arms are extending down. You brought them forward. And then when you took your arms over your head, your low back kind of went like this. So instead, that's no. This is no. Don't let your low back do the work of your arms. Because if your low back does the work of your arms, it's like you doing chuva for somebody else. It doesn't work. Your arms need to do their work and your low back needs to do its work. So this is your low, what your low back is meant to do. Watch, watch for the yes before we do it again. Take your arms forward, palms facing one another. Your arms go overhead. And as I'm doing that, you bring your top buttocks to your bottom buttocks. Did my back move? Thumbs up if it didn't move. So I know if it moved. Great. That's what we're after. Okay? Because only you can do the chuvah that you can do. Just like your shoulders have to do their work, your low back has to do its work. Okay? So let's try that again. Stand in tadasana. Iron the bottoms of your feet on the floor. Press your heels down. Lift your kneecaps. Let your top buttocks to come to your bottom buttocks. Bring your shoulders over your hips and your ears over your shoulders. Take your arms forward, palms facing one another. Draw your elbows towards one another to keep them straight. To keep your arms straight. And then reach your arms up towards the ceiling. Did your low back move forward? If it did, let your top buttocks come to your bottom buttocks. Now, that might mean your arms come forward a little bit. That's okay. There's no, you don't win in yoga and movement. We acknowledge our limitations and we work at that place. Just like chuvah, it's it's the journey of chuvah. It's the journey of movement that really matters. Extend your sternum, your chest bone, up towards the ceiling, and let your shoulder blades come down your back. When you're ready, go ahead and release your arms down. Okay. I would like you to find a wall. And I want you to be about an arm's distance. I'm gonna move my screen. If you get nauseous, don't look for a second. I'm gonna show you what we're doing. I would like you to be about an arm's distance from the wall with your palm on the wall. And again, if this hurts, if there's a stretch, great. If this hurts, don't do it. So now come back to Tadasana now that you've measured and you know where you are. So we're standing now back in Tadasana, pressing your heels into the floor, lifting your kneecaps, letting your top buttocks come to your bottom buttocks, shoulders over hips, ears over shoulders. Bring your hands to your hips. Take the arm closest to the wall, which I think it looks like from the people I can see, that's your right arm. And place your palm flat on the wall at the same height as your shoulder. So go ahead and look. Is it at the same height as your shoulder? I need to crawl my hand up a little bit. Your middle finger should be pointing straight towards the ceiling. And look at the pie slices between your fingers. Are they even? They're not even. Make the pie slices even and relax your thumb. Don't make your thumb work too hard. Press the ring of your palm into the wall. Lift your bicep, or sorry, your tricep up towards. the ceiling. And again, check in with your low back. Is your low back doing the work? Bring your top buttocks to your bottom buttocks. Now take your left arm straight up towards the ceiling. Allow your shoulder blades to come down your back. And again, press the ring of your palm into the wall. Breathe. Go ahead and release both arms and stand in Tadasana for a moment. Notice how your sides feel different. Okay, second side. I'm not going to turn my back to you. I'm going to watch you this time. Go ahead and put the opposite hand on the wall. Same thing. Make sure your middle finger. Bonnie, is your, your arm straight, right, Bonnie? I can't see from your angle. Okay. Make sure your middle finger is pointed straight towards the ceiling. Make sure your hand is in line with your shoulder. Relax your thumb, and check on your pie slices between your fingers. Are they even? Take your right hand to your hip. For now, just take it to your hip. Lift your tricep towards your arm bone, towards the ceiling. Check, and then... Extend your right hand forward and lift it up straight above your head. Let your shoulder blades come down your back. And what happened with your low back? Bring your top buttocks to your bottom buttocks. And it's okay if that top arm comes forward a little bit. Let that happen. Press your palm firmly into the wall. When you're ready, release, stand in Tadasana, and notice, how's my breath? Did anything change? And Maybe it did, and maybe it didn't. Everybody's different. DKS Anger would call this donkey work, because it looks like yoga. It doesn't look like yoga, but it is. <laughs> and it's a lot harder than it looks, I think. So if that felt like your maximum, repeat that. If you want to take it kind of a step further, go back to your first side. And now I'm going to show you from behind. You see my hand? My middle finger is pointed straight to the wall behind me. So we're doing the same thing, rotating the wrist. Here, I'll show again. If this is too much, go back to what you did in the first stage. Okay? So go ahead and stand into Dasana. Bring your hands to your hips. Extend your right hand out to the wall. Press the palm of your hand into the wall. Now your hand, if your hand's facing towards the ceiling, make sure the middle finger is pointing straight up. And if your palm is facing behind you, make sure it's pointing straight back and it's parallel with the floor. Again, lift your tricep up towards the bone. Lift your arm overhead, your opposite arm overhead. Let your shoulder blades come down your back. And again, check in on your low back. Bring your top buttocks to your bottom buttocks. Allow your shoulder blades to come down your back. Press your palm firmly into the wall. And then release. And we'll do the second side. Same thing. Extend your left arm towards the wall, either your middle finger facing up or facing behind you, parallel with the floor. And again, make sure that your hand uh, is parallel, is at the same line of your shoulder, not below, not above. Press the palm of your hand firmly into the wall. Lift your tricep towards the arm bone. Extend your right arm up above your head. Let your shoulder blades come down your back. Release your top buttocks to your bottom buttocks. When you're ready, release. And we're gonna do one more of these sort of things near the wall. It's a little different. I'm hoping you're gonna be able to see it well. I'm gonna show from behind. I'm gonna show from behind because I believe it's easier to see this way. You're gonna stand. Everybody's a little different. You're gonna stand between probably six inches and ten inches away from your wall, maybe more. That's okay. You're gonna take your arm behind you. Again, my hand is parallel with my shoulder and point my fingers straight back. Now, the thing I really want you to see, one more thing, and I'm gonna show you on this side, is my chest is facing the wall in front of me. It's not facing this wall. If it's facing this wall, that's a totally different twist. That's not what we're doing today. Your chest is facing the wall in front of you. Okay, so get six to 10 inches away from your wall. You'll know about where that is, and you need space behind you to put your arm behind you. So, Bonnie, you probably want to take a few steps forward so you have enough space for your arm to stretch on the wall behind you. And if you find, oh, I'm kind of twisting this way, just move a little further away from the wall. Again, there's no winning in yoga, just like there's no winning in shuva. It's all a big journey. Take your opposite hand and place it on your hip. Allow your shoulder blades to come down your back. Check in again on your low back. Is it doing the work? It is. Bring your top buttocks to your bottom buttocks. Lift your sternum plate towards the ceiling. And again, let your shoulder blades come down your back. Go ahead and release. And we'll do the other side. So, again, you'll find your distance. Sides are different. You might need more, more, you know, to be 10 inches away this side and you were six on the other side or six on this side, 10 on the other side. All of that's okay. We're acknowledging where our bodies are today. Extend your fingers back towards the wall behind you and turn your sternum, turn your chest towards the wall in front of you. And if you're having trouble turning your chest towards the wall in front of you, just move a little further away from the wall. Stand into dasna, place your right hand on your hip. Lift your chest towards the ceiling. Let your shoulder blades come down your back. And again, check in on your low back. If it's doing the work, let your top buttocks come to your bottom buttocks. Not a clenching, it's a releasing. When you're ready, go ahead and release stand into Tadasana, stretch your fingers gently towards the floor and just notice this is my breath different than it was 10 minutes ago take your arms in front of you once again as we started With your palms facing one another, lift your arms overhead. Are your arms moving differently now than they were 10 minutes ago? Maybe yes, maybe no. Let your shoulder blades come down your back. Bring your top buttocks to your bottom buttocks. Go ahead and release. I want you to come again to a comfortable seated position or laying down. You might notice that you're, with the way you're sitting or what's comfortable has changed since when we started. Or maybe not. Invite you to close your eyes. You feel comfortable doing so. As this, and notice your breathing. Notice how honoring. Your body and making space for breath changes you. Maybe by stretching something that was tight, maybe by helping making space for the lungs to do their work. Maybe by extending or expanding your imagination. Maybe there's a part of you that got the attention it needed today. Hold your hands together in the kind of prayer position with your thumbs on your sternum plate. Not pressing from your upper arms, but just gently from your forearms. Honoring the wisdom our body has to call us into chuva, into relationship with ourselves, and perhaps with others, and perhaps with something bigger than us. Gratitude for your presence here today, and your willingness to try on something that might be new, even if it felt kind of silly or if it felt just right. Shana Tova. Thank you for being here today and for exploring this chuva with our bodies.
0: You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles.